0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league.
2: My style is impetuous.
0: My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened.
3: Welcome in, everybody. It's hour three
2: in this league
3: on the sports grid. Get on the grid. You know me. I am Scott Bogdan. You can follow me on the Twitter at Bogdan Sports, And I'm here with a special guest, my friendo, one of my favorites in the industry, John Lobb. You can follow him on the Twitter at gridironscall 91 uh, You can hear us together every single week on the fan tracks, uh, College Fantasy Football on Campus Show. So, uh, I mean, we, we've got a pretty good chemistry going on, But today we're going to be talking about some NFL. And, John, uh, I know you're ready for it. We're in the middle of this uh, draft going on, and you're going to be up soon.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty psyched. And, you know, Scott, I'm usually off the grid as much as possible. But for you, <laughs> I'm on the grid Friday at 5 o'clock. I should be in the backyard, but I'm glad to be on the grid with you, my
3: friend. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we're doing this gigantic league and it's a Woo! weird it's a weird weird setup john and and you know i've explained it to the well she's not uh he, he doesn't like it and, and i gotta be honest when i first heard it, i was kind of like eh, i don't know but it is it's the way our, our guy dempsey set it up it's a 32 man 50 round idp league but there's two copies of each player now no one can take doubles so i can't take like darius leonard and darius leonard at my linebacker spot and then you know rack up 40 points a week or whatever. You you can only take one copy, but um he did that because the, the rosters are so expansive and so big at 32. I kind of was like, Well, why didn't we just do two 16 team leagues and then you know push them together? But this is the way we're doing it, and it's fine, it's different, it's weird, so I'm into it. You know, uh Joe and I are doing a team black book, and uh we picked third in the draft. We took Christian McCaffrey. And then we finally, just minutes before uh, we started recording here, John, uh, finally got to our second pick after I believe this started on Monday and it's, you know, Friday as we're recording this. So, um, <coughs> excuse me, we took uh, Juju in the second round and you're going to be up soon. What are you looking at there?
2: So, my plan, and it's actually fallen exactly as I had hoped. I got lucky with the first pick overall, I took. Saquon Barkley. So I believe I have a little bit of an option here to kind of steer away from running backs. Now I've waited on pick 64 and 65. Lots of players have been drafted and lots of doubles have been drafted. But when I did this, I said, you know what? I'm not going to overpay for a second running back because this is a dynasty league. And what I've done is I have targeted three players here that I predominantly love, they are D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and Calvin Ridley. And they're all available to me. Now, there's one pick ahead of me, so the guy can take all, there's six of those copies alive. So he could take one of them, and I'm still good. Now, I'll be honest, Scott, I have not decided yet between those three. But I will say this, I'm about 95% positive I'm taking D.K. Metcalf. And here's why. I'm absolutely in love with him. He has Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones upside. And the reason I'm so bullish on him is he's tethered to Russell Wilson. And we know quarterbacks have the longest shelf life in dynasty football. So if I have a wide receiver tethered to Russell Wilson, I have at least five good years with DK Metcalf. And do you know he's only 22 years of age? That is unbelievable to me. Look, at it. he just has a ceiling that I can't ignore. Now, I'm going to study in more detail A.J. Brown and Calvin Ridley. That's a tough choice in my book. But those are the three I'm looking at right now, Scott.
3: Okay. I mean, it's interesting because uh, as we have gone through this draft, you know, in my mind, in, in dynasty drafts, I, I tend to float more towards uh, upper echelon wide receivers for a couple reasons. Number one, because they last longer. You know, running back is a position that chews you up and spits you out. It takes a special kind of guy to stick around the NFL for 10 years plus. But, you know, those really, really good wideouts can last at least that long, if not longer, uh, some of them. So, um, in general, I, I kind of err on the side of a guy that's going to last, you know, you know, five years longer in a lot of cases. I mean, not every case, of course, but I mean, you know, just think if we were doing this draft four years ago, right? Yeah. Todd Gurley would have been the number one pick
2: and without question.
3: And now he has the knee of a guy that is, you know, older than you and me combined. So uh, it's he's he's going to be pushed way, way down in this draft. And it's just the brutality of the running back position. But, you know, we're going through this draft, John, and it is, um, you know, the the running backs. I'm just so we're almost uh, we're 62 picks in here. Right. And like I said, there's doubles. So but here are the running backs that have gone. And all these guys are doubles until I get to the very end. And I'll tell you who isn't Saquon, McCaffrey, Zeke. Josh Jacobs, Kamara, Cook, Chubb, Sanders, C.E.H., Mixon, uh, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, uh, Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake. So, you know, all of those backs and then one copy of Derrick Henry and one copy of DeAndre Swift are gone. Wide receivers, uh, the list is way shorter. Michael Thomas Hopkins, Adams Hill, Godwin, Juju, Uh, one copy of uh, Julio and one copy of Mike Evans. QBs did go early. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I think, was the fourth... Um, I think he was the third player off the board in the fourth pick. Uh, it might have been the fifth pick, but I know when Saquon, Saquon, and then we took Christian McCaffrey. Um, and uh, so Mahomes, Lamar, Russell Wilson, Kyler, and Dak Prescott are off the board. Only Kittle has is completely gone, and one uh, you know, copy or whatever of Travis Kelsey has been taken as well. So Uh, does, does the, you're not swayed by possibly taking, because you're in a, you're in a precocious spot there because you're picking at the very, very end uh, of the draft. So you do get back to backs, which is nice, but you now, after you make these two picks, Sean, you got to wait 61 picks or whatever it is, uh, until you pick again. So uh, I guess it'd be 63 picks. So, um, You're not worried about not taking a running back here and potentially having uh, a lot of the starters gone when you come back?
2: I am worried about it, but I'll tell you this. I do not want to be chasing running backs. I don't want to be chasing running backs where I would never have taken Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins over Kenny Galladay, Calvin Ridley, D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown. Look, And I like Cam Akers, and I have drafted him in two dynasty leagues. And I like J.K. Dobbins. But in a startup dynasty draft, when I can get a 22-year-old receiver who has already produced a 90- 900-yard receiver or season, I can pro- I-, I can get Calvin Ridley back-to-back. Very good seasons. I mean, and A.J. Brown, who was spectacular at times last year. Look at Cam Akers – He could bust his knee in week one. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when running backs busted all the time. (laughs) I mean, and I don't want to have to chase next year's draft below average running backs, (coughs) excuse me, or bad receivers. If I can anchor with two receivers in a giant dynasty league like this, I can allow value to fall to me at those positions. And I hate chasing assets that I have to overpay for my friend.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I woke up uh, to a DM about why uh, kind of asking me why I'm low on JK Dobbins. And I'm, I'm low on JK Dobbins in both senses in redraft and in dynasty. And I'll tell you redraft, he really scares me for this year. And, you know, look, it is within the realm of possibility that, you know, J.K. Dobbins comes in and he's just so much better than Mark Ingram that he takes the job away and he's the main back. But even if he is the main back, they're still going to run Lamar Jackson. And, you know, the the Ravens just historically in the last couple of years have used multi-back systems. We've seen Gus Edwards. We've seen, um, oh Christ, uh, Kenny uh, Kenneth Dixon. Uh, we've seen uh, J- Justice Hill in there, Mark Ingram this year. And now with, um, you know, Lamar Jackson in there. I feel like Lamar Jackson is the reason that I'm not that huge on, you know, I'm not that big on Mark Ingram. I think I have him a little higher than the consensus, uh, just because I think he has a lot of touchdown upside, especially playing off of Lamar Jackson. But he, you know, he's there for two more years and he's not an easy cut Mark Ingram. So JK Dobbins is going to be involved. You know, Mark Ingram's going to be in there even if Dobbins is better than him to take some carries away. And Lamar is going to take carries away. I'm not saying that Dobbins can't have a successful NFL career by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's a really good running back. He was number three on my board coming out of the draft. I just don't like the spot that he landed in, not only for this year, but also for future years. So I was very surprised to see him go. And I think Cam Akers is even less of a sure thing at this point. I do think that he is, um, I do think that he, well, his situation. I think he should win in uh, in in L.A. with the Rams. But the upside, I don't think, is as good as J.K. Dobbins overall. I do have Acres ahead of Dobbins in my dynasty rankings, just because I think the next two years you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, Cam Acres, and I don't know if we're gonna get a ton of carries from J.K. Dobbins. So I would those two players specifically. I was very surprised to see go this high, John, and um. I think it's because the running back scarcity and, uh, you know, they're also shiny new toys. So uh, like you you can feel free to disagree or agree with me either way. But uh, J.K. Dobbins and
2: Akers, what what is their
3: long term look for you?
2: So I'm a J.K. Dobbins guy and I had him ranked number two pre-draft in my running back rankings. But this is a tough spot. Lamar Jackson is going to run the football at the goal line. He's going to run the football at the goal line. As long as he's their starting quarterback, he's going to snipe touchdowns away from his running backs. You also do have Mark Ingram. Now, I don't know how long Mark Ingram's got left. Now, they have an out next year, even though he has a two-year contract. I was reading that there's a possibility the Ravens could get out of that contract. But then you have Dobbins, who's explosive in space, on the edges, you know, a good pass catcher. But you still have lamar jackson and then i think the ravens will go out and get another power back i mean that's what they're, i don't think they're just going to have jk dobbins and lamar jackson right so they
3: didn't need dobbins this year and they, they still out got him so and that I, that just tells you where they're at as far you know for future drafts
2: yeah and look at gus edwards i looked it up i believe he had 700 yards rushing last year yeah, i was he had, so what if Gus Edwards takes over the Mark Ingram role in two years? They like Gus Edwards, right? It doesn't matter what the scouting world says, it doesn't matter what the fantasy world says. The Ravens like Gus Edwards. He plays. So I think to take a dynasty asset that early, and do I love the player? Yes. But in that system, I have questions. And then, Scott, what if Greg Roman leaves? I mean, aren't we really tethered? Isn't this because of Greg Roman? I mean, if if let's say the Ravens get to the AFC Championship game, there's no. I mean, I would be shocked if Greg Roman doesn't get a job the next year. Like that. I mean, yeah, right. So I mean, that's
3: a great point to make, and I feel like the other point that people have been making is um, why I think Lamar is going to run the ball less this year. Like in the future, I understand that. But run the ball less this year. Based on what? Yeah, I, that I don't understand. You know, like, first of all, Lamar is really good at not taking hits. He didn't lead the league, even though he had more rushes than any other quarterback. He didn't lead He's the no league. Hit. He's no Robert Griffin.
2: Yeah, no Robert Griffin.
3: <laughs> right, right. He ain't Robert Griffin. He gets out of the way, you know. He and, does. Uh, and, Or he'll run out of bounds. He'll step out of bounds, too. Yes. He's smart about that. I think he only slid, like, twice. So there are con- some concerns on that. But specifically this year, too. I don't think he's going to run much less because, um, while you know there is a step taking from your first year starting to your second year starting, and you understand defenses more, he may be better at passing the ball this year. Which I, I have, I have always said that his passing is underrated. It absolutely is. Um, but you know this this off season being. You know, weird with all the covid stuff and less practice time and less togetherness. I think a lot of teams are going to do a lot of the stuff they did last year outside of teams coming in with a new head coach and and things like that. Obviously, we'll see some changes there. But I think um, especially with the Ravens, you know, everything worked last year. They were uh, the the number one seed in uh, the playoffs going in. Uh, they, They were a Super Bowl favorite. And it's kind of you know if it ain't broke don't fix it. So I don't know that the formula is going to change a lot this season specifically because of COVID and everything worked for them last year. So
2: um, yeah, go ahead. On RPOs, who has the decision making process? Who makes the ultimate QB? There's no. I've been watching Lamar Jackson since Louisville. Yeah. There's nothing that tells me he's going to all of a sudden stop running the ball when he sees the defensive end crash. Because right. in Lamar Jackson's world, if that defensive end or outside linebacker, if they take one misstep, they crash down, Lamar has complete confidence that he's going to get to the edge and he can defeat any cornerback on the edge.
3: Yeah, yeah, man. And that's just – that. that's the thing. And I'm telling you, like, I love – jk dobbins skill if jk dobbins was in la uh if he was yes. in la i would have him so much higher on my board he's better than daryl henderson he's way better than malcolm brown he was or anybody else Don they brady have in there.
2: tampa bay dude if he was yeah. with tom brady in tampa bay he's james white and rex burkhead i mean he'd be perfect down there
3: right right exactly so <laughs> you know there are many other situations you know we're not crapping on jk dobbins skill at no. all here it's just The system that Baltimore runs, plus the fact that they have a running quarterback and a running back in Mark Ingram, who not only is good and was great last year, but is also a team leader and a team captain on that team. So they really liked what he brought to the table as far as leadership last season. So I don't see I don't see Mark Ingram getting, you know, just pushed off all the way to the bench unless, you know, He tweaked something early and J.K. Dobbins is just so much better. You know, obviously it's within the realm of possibility for J.K. Dobbins to uh, take this job and run with it and be great because we both think he's a great running back. But uh, the reality is, is that it's not something that either one of us will be banking on for this year. But we do have to go to a break here. Uh, Coming up, I'm going to ask John a couple more questions about this league. uh, See what he wants to do with IDPs in particular in this one and how much IDP you played because I'm just not sure, Sean. So we'll get to that after the break. And, uh, you know, we're going to be all football here. So uh, stick with us. It's in this league on the sports grid.
0: in this league
2: is
3: cooking welcome back it's in this league on the sports grid get on the grid i'm your host scott fox call me on the twitter at fox sports i'm here with my friend Oh john lobby you can hear him with me every single week on a college fantasy football on campus just plug that into any of your podcast providers you should be able to find it. Uh, he is on Twitter at gridiron at 91. John plug all the stuff and things that you're doing right now. You, I know you do a lot of writing. Uh, you, you've been doing podcasts recently, of course. So uh, just let everybody know where they can find all your work.
2: Thank you, my friend. Um, my college football player previews for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers are coming up on fan tracks. Actually, the quarterbacks are premiering Saturday morning. So just when you guys are listening to this, they've come out on fan tracks. Then the following week are the running backs, and the week after that are the wide receivers. Then I work for football diehards through the summer. I'm going to be doing some DFS articles, cash cane strategies. And what I've learned over three years, because I've been keeping statistics of the players that I have – put into my starting lineups and where I believe the value is for cash games at all the positions. So those will be coming out over the summer.
3: Very, very nice. Looking forward to that. Now um, this league, John, that we're, we're drafting is an IDP league. And you know, I do the individual defensive podcast with our buddy, Gary Davenport on Fantrax as well. I'm once a trouble. week, <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, I'm just a veteran of IDP. I've actually been playing IDP league since 1997, 97 or 90. Yeah, no, no, 97. So uh, that was kind of when I started with all my fantasy sports stuff. So um, what what is your plan with IDPs and how many IDP leagues uh, do you generally do,
2: John? So I usually play one or two a year, but I'll admit I like to play with two defensive linemen two linebackers and two members of the secondary so in a 10 team league you're looking at 60 defensive players if i'm in a 12 team league you're looking at 72 now in this league mike's got 11 defensive starters every week so i'm not even smart enough 11 times 16 that's So that's 60 <laughs> 171 starters so it's so I so I've never done anything like this before. So I do like the challenge, right? I feel like I'm pretty good at knowing the starting units, but look, I'm going to be doing more research this summer. You know, I feel look, no one's taken an IDP player yet. So I don't have to worry. I have like probably top 20 at each position. So I've got a while, but I'll start digging deeper. Obviously, I know the rookies and stuff like that. But I'm I'm excited for the challenge that we have up ahead. But 50 rounds, this is going to be unbelievable.
3: <laughs> well, I can tell you, you can pick up your fantasy football black book uh, yeah. uh, on Amazon now, and I wrote up uh, IDPs and I ranked 150 deep in there. So, so um, I
2: will be buying that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that that can definitely uh, help you. I didn't, I didn't make dynasty rankings, but I did do, uh, you know, just regular, uh, retraft rankings in there. So, you know, I, I think that we're going to get an IDP picked in the next round. So, um, uh, it's not, it's not going to be, it's probably not going to be by us because I've been barking up the Darius Leonard tree with Joe and I I just, he ain't having it, you know, And, and, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like I've done IDP for so long. Um, I've done IDP for so long. I'm actually okay. I know there's a lot of people that probably haven't done it too much or haven't done it enough. So we can kind of take advantage of, you know, just the fact that, uh, I've done IDP so much and and all that stuff, but Gary's in here too. And Gary is the OG of writing up. I, he might've invented IDP. He's been doing it so long. So (laughs) uh, he is going to be an absolute challenge to deal with for sure. But, uh, so you said, um, you play in how many how many IDP leagues? Like because one or two. This the, yeah, this is the thing with John. When John says I play in one or two IDP leagues, people are going to think, "Oh my god, he's an expert." John, how many football leagues ha- are you doing this year? I, I know oh. you said you're you're cutting back. I think that's total BS, and you're actually not. <laughs> but uh, what? How how many leagues do you have this season?
2: So last year I had um eighteen NFL and ten college football about
3: that actually I, is cutting back for you.
2: Yes. I mean, my maximum one year was like 40, and I just, it just got too much. You don't but even I, have
3: enough time to set every lineup. I mean, come it, on. It, it <laughs> was
2: like a three hour ordeal, like literally <laughs> setting lineups. Like, you have no idea. So, <laughs> waiver wire night is a night. Oh, in God. 40 um, so, right now, I'm already in six, and I have at least six more to go. And that does not include the IDP league. So, I owe it now. I don't know if I'll do two more or I'll count this as one, and then I'll do the other. So what I like to do is with listeners or followers, you know, I do super flex leagues two quarterback leagues. So I try to get a flavor of all the leagues. You know, I don't want, I want to be able to at least give my educated perspective to anyone who asks me a question. That's why, you know, I do a dynasty. I do redraft, super flex. So I don't go overboard, but I feel like I can answer every reasonable question.
3: I got you. I got you. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. You, you do, uh, I, it makes me feel better about myself, John. You, you're the only person I know that does way more leagues uh, than I do. So, Tuesday
2: uh, nights in November are brutal, huh, dude? You're just like, ah! Take this
3: anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just, I try, honestly, I try to get it all done on Monday so I don't have to do anything on Tuesday. Got gotcha, so, you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I try to get it all done. Like during, like I'll be watching Monday Night Football and going through and doing all my, my stuff. It, it's usually what my plan is but let's talk a little redraft here uh because you know the idp draft and the the giant 50-man draft is interesting but i don't know how helpful it it is (laughs) we we did our uh qb facts episode over on in this league in the fantasy football podcast this week which you can check out once again any podcast provider will have in this league fantasy football podcast Uh, but we talked to pzp about rpv and qbs this season it seems like this is the year Uh, To draft one early, are you on board with that idea or are you sticking to the normal kind of narrative of take a uh, QB late because there are so many good ones late?
2: Scott, I've done six redraft leagues. I've done four or five best ball leagues. I've done mock drafts. I have not drafted a quarterback before round seven. I am not going there. I'm not paying that price. I get it. But look at the reason why I've been successful, so successful the last three years, but specifically the last two, in 2018, I had Patrick Mahomes in round 13 and 14. He won me every league that I had him, and I paired him up with Dak Prescott. Last year, I had Russell Wilson in round eight or nine and Lamar Jackson. I literally did that on three teams, and I won every one of those leagues. There is no way I'm paying up for the premium. Now, Superflex is different. But you asked regular redraft. Right, right, right. There is no way I'm doing that. I believe that I will find and pluck. Now, I don't expect there to be a Mahomes or a Jackson. I don't think there's no one on board. That I can look at and say I have that much confidence. I felt great about Patrick Mahomes. You can go to football diehards, their magazines. I wrote them up as a deep sleeper. I talked about him. Last year I was in love with Lamar Jackson. I talked about him. There is no one who has that upside that Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson did. So there is more risk, which means I'm pushing up into the 10th round. More so than I used. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I mean, Mahomes was like, I literally had a league and I couldn't believe this. I still look back. I won the league, fighting chance, experts league. And I remember it was round 14. I got Lamar Jackson and I had Russell Wilson in round eight. And I'm like, I can't let Lamar sit there anymore. And then I never played Wilson like I got, you you know, but it
3: it just feels like to me that wide receiver is so deep this year that you can find, you can find some wide receiver deals later. So I'm not going to take a running back or a tight end at the, at the expense of, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to take a quarterback up high at the expense of a running back, but at the expense of a wide receiver, I can see doing it. So, you know, with Lamar Jackson going in the second or third round and Mahomes, the same deal, kind of, you know, a little bit further down the board at third or fourth. I don't know if I'm going to take one of those guys that high, but I think once you get past the third, fourth round, you get into the fifth where there's a separator of Murray, Watson, Wilson, Prescott, guys like that. I'm actually okay with snapping up one of those guys, because I feel like after that tier of like the top, um, I think it's like seven quarterbacks. Let me see what my tiers are like here. Um, It goes to. um, Okay. So the top six, after I get through the top six, there are like from seven all the way down to like, you know, 20. I feel like those guys are all kind of the same. So if I can get a separator, in quarterbacks. I think that's what I'm going to be doing this year uh, is that um, I don't think I'll be taking Lamar or Mahomes in many drafts either. Maybe in a short and a 10 team, and a 12 team, something like that, uh, I would do that. But what, what are you thinking on – there's just no leagues where you would snap up a Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson or Watson this year a little early?
2: Well, I, okay, so let me digress. If I got Lamar in the third round, I would take him. But I haven't seen that. He has not gone past the second round in any draft that I've done. Mahomes, fourth round, I'm all in. But I'm seeing Mahomes now in the second round. I can't do that. Now, I almost grabbed. It was interesting. I was doing an expert league magazine draft at footballdiehards.com. And in round six, Deshaun Watson was on the board. I had him in my queue, and I was going to take him. But the guy right before me <laughs> snagged him. so yeah. I waited until Carson Wentz in round ten. So there was a point where I felt, and I will say this: if Russell Wilson, Watson, or Murray are there in the sixth round, I will go for one of those three. But they don't make it to me in the sixth round, and right. it's interrelated to my overall strategy, which you're going to ask me about. So I don't want to. I don't want to kind of dig you. into your. But that, there's a reason why I have those values on those players.
3: Okay. Well, tell us about the, some of those mid-level to late QBs and, and who are the guys that, you know, because you just said you were Mahomes two years ago, you're Lamar last year before uh, the big jump. So who is it this year that we should be taking?
2: Well, I love Carson Wentz at his price. I'm all in. 10th, 11th round, I love him at that price. He gives you a little bit of a floor with the running game. Look, he's not dynamic like Lamar, but he does give you that Patrick Mahomes. You know, he should get 250 yards. Maybe you get four or five rushing touchdowns. I really like that. I like the price on Matt Stafford. If Matt Stafford had stayed healthy, dude, they are terrible. Detroit is terrible. The game script dictates that Matthew Stafford might throw the ball 600 times this year. (laughs) If he stays healthy and throws 600 times, I love that price. Now, the guy I like, Daniel Jones, man, look it. He's coming dirt cheap. I am absolutely shocked. He's getting some helium, though. he's, He's rising slowly. Yeah, yeah. I love Daniel Jones as my second quarterback, my friend. His upside, now, I don't think he's Mahomes and or Lamar, however, in the realm of outcomes 28 touchdown passes six rushing touchdowns and 400 yards rushing i like that i think daniel jones has that there now the long shot guy and i'm biased cuz i'm a bronco fan i do like drew Locke. i think yeah. I'm, I'm getting him as a third quarterback look at a second year player isn't going he's not as dynamic as, as mahomes and or lamar so even though he's in his second year, I don't expect him to make that leap. The talent is too good around him. There's just, and they brought in Pat Schumer. They got the system. The offensive line is better. He just has to be competent, And he could easily get 4,000 yards and 28 touchdowns in that offense.
3: I know, um, you know, you and I watch a lot of college football, obviously. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were in on, Daniel Dine, uh, on Danny Dimes, but we were. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know if he should have gone as high as he did, but he should have been a high pick for sure. Uh, I, I and I still like him, but Drew Locke, I was not in on. And, and no, I, knew, I wasn't either. Okay, okay, I gotta admit, you know, I'm, not,
2: he, I'm not a Locke guy.
3: All right, because he played Locke. much better last season than I expected him to, especially being a rookie. So I was like, okay, you know, and that's you know, no, that this is the thing that that, and this is why a lot of people. Uh, take rookies is because they've never seen them before, right? And, um, you know, looking at them uh, maybe too much sometimes, maybe you and I can get paralysis by analysis and say, all right, this guy, he's not good in college. He's probably not going to be good in the pros. I can't believe the Broncos spent a second round pick on him. But no one comes in the NFL as a molded, you know, project that is done. Nobody. You know, everyone comes in the NFL and goes through a big learning curve. And sometimes it takes guys a couple of years. We saw Ryan Tannehill, you know, had some early success with the Dolphins. But really, um, you know, there was a reason why he was just cast aside, even when the Dolphins were in the middle of trying to find a quarterback and then resurrected his career in Tennessee. So no one's a complete, uh, you know, no, no one's done learning. Uh, and it was just impressive to see how well Drew Locke played down the stretch. Is that something he can continue for 16 games? If everybody thought so, he'd be going in the top 10 because he has yeah. so many great weapons. But, um, you know, he probably needs to be going around 20 as far as quarterbacks go uh, because we're just not 100% sure. But stick with us. After this break, we'll be talking a little bit about running back strategy, and if we get to it, maybe a little wide receiver strategy for redraft with lob here so uh we're going to be doing that after this break and um you know just just stick with us we got way more great information coming on and john john is actually this is the most calm i think i've heard him uh people (laughs) think john screams. this is calm john right here so uh stick with us for a little bit more fantasy football it's in this league on the sports good we'll be right back
1: (laughs) So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: In this league.
1: I thought we were going to be just friends
0: what? Friends, listen in, in This League. In the dark.
3: Welcome back. It's the final segment of In This League on the sports grid. Get on the grid. You guys can hear endless love. You know, that means this is the last segment that we're going to have. And if you would, please check out the ITL Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL Army, where the Welsh and I have got all kinds of stuff for you up there. We've got secret shows. We do those twice a month. Uh, They're all comedy based. So uh, we got those going on. We've got (laughs) rankings. We've got PPR. I did Superflex rankings. I've got Dynasty rankings. I've got first year player draft rankings. I've got uh, over a thousand college fantasy football players ranked. For all of you CFF fans, the Welsh has got his top 500 minor league ranks. And, uh, you know, starting uh, July 1st, I believe, or, you know, early, early July, we are going to have updated baseball draft rankings for a 60-game season this year. Uh, and thank God baseball's back, John. I've been waiting for it. So, you know, not back yet, but it's going to be back. So we're, we're excited, but... I'm here with John Lobb. You can follow him on the Twitter at GridironSkull91. And we are talking some fantasy football right now. And we're going to move to running backs. We talked a little bit about QBs in the last segment. But uh, the first question I think that we need to address at QB, John, is Are you? do you have any fear of a Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon holdout?
2: I do, my friend. I think they're real. Um, I think they have some leverage. Everyone says they have no leverage. Here's the reality. They're good football players. And if you're a good football player, you have leverage. And you know what? I've heard this story. They said the exact same thing about Le'Veon Bell. He has no leverage. I'm gonna and people who were drafting LeVeon Bell like crazy that year. I never had one share. I didn't have a penny. I,
3: I took him uh, yeah, I was taking yeah. him first overall that year, too. And go. I drew one in, in like uh, you know, I, I think I did. 10 or 12 leagues that year, and I drew one twice. I took him in both of them and got completely I, hosed.
2: got know? hosed. So I am concerned. So I'll say this. In the 10 league, you know, I've done 10 drafts so far. I haven't taken Nixon or – no. So I've never taken Nixon. I have taken Dalvin Cook in my first three, but I have not taken Dalvin Cook since.
3: Now uh, – But with Dalvin Cook – you can at least take Alexander Madison
2: in handcuff, right? Yes, you have to not. now. Now, yes. when I did it, these were like best ball in like March, or, yeah. right? So I didn't know about the holdout. Right. But then you have to say to yourself, if I'm drafting Cook in the sixth or seventh round, I must take Madison. And that is up to each individual owner to say, do I want to invest that second pick that early?
3: Right. And with Joe Mixon, there isn't a handcuff. You know I mean? You know. Problem. Yeah. Geo yeah. Bernard is good. Mm, uh, yeah. And, and uh, Travion, like, Geo Bernard's going to have his role, kind of regardless of what Mixon does. Uh, but Travion Williams, the back from AM, is behind him. He got banged up last year. And a guy that I really liked in college, you know, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this and in front of, uh, you know, John and everyone here, but uh, Rodney Anderson was so good at Oklahoma. And I was really excited to see him in the NFL. But, you know, you know uh, the injury, right? Yeah, he's had multiple knee injuries. We don't know if he's ever going to make it. Uh, you know, this this camp is going to be big for Rodney Anderson. But there is no one guy that you can tie to Joe Mixon's um to to Joe Mixon's health. I, I would just say that if you're drafting Cook or Mixon, you should probably be doing the the RBRB uh drafting style, right? Oh, like you, you should have. take another running back immediately
2: Yeah, you cuz if let's say you take Mixon, then you go wide receiver wide receiver. You're 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 in big trouble if he doesn't show up.
3: So, uh, I want you to order three guys for me in a PPR sure. league, John. And these guys all have uh, big time opinions. A lot of pieces being written about these guys. Uh the first one is Miles Sanders in Philly. Obviously his second half was huge, but there is talk about Billy wanting another running back to sign and there's some good ones available. Devonte Freeman has been rumored a little bit, nothing done yet. And they still like Boston Scott. And I would prefer for them to not sign anybody else and stick with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and just go, uh, that way. Um, Austin Eckler, a lot of people are either all the way in or all the way out on Austin Eckler. And this is the opinion that I've seen on, um, Twitter and Reddit and pretty much everywhere that Austin Eckler is not going to succeed now that Philip Rivers is gone. You know, obviously he had the second most catches of a running back last year behind CMC. uh, But that offensive line is rough in in L.A. And then uh, the third third guy is Nick Chubb. And it's not necessarily that bad things are being written about Nick Chubb, but really positive uh, articles and things like that are being written about Kareem Hunt. Because after Hunt's suspension, I think he was gone the first six games. When he come, when he came back, to the eight games that um, they played together, I, I think it was I think it was eight games, might have been nine, but I think that Kareem Hunt led in PPR scoring seven of nine weeks, and uh, Chubb only led in two. So in a PPR league, Eckler, Chubb, Miles Sanders, John, how are you ordering those three
2: specifically? I have my rankings right in front. <laughs> good, and good. It's a great question, but look it. I'm all in on Chubb. I yeah, love okay. Chubb. Chubb, Chubb, Chubb. And I'll tell, you two, <laughs> I'll tell you two reasons why. Jack Conklin. Yeah. Jack Conklin. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Conklin helped Derek Henry tremendously. And Stefanski is going to stabilize that locker room. Nick Chubb is going to lead the AFC in rushing with over 1,600 yards. And if you watched, if you watched Cleveland last year, how many times did Chubb get stuffed at the line of scrimmage at the goal line? I can count at least seven times where there was a lack of creativity at the goal line. They literally did no trap blocking. They didn't bring an H back to wham. They did nothing creative at the goal line. Nick Chubb is going to feast. He is going to eat, eat, and eat some more. Now, that does not mean that Kareem Hunt will eat. Right, right. Kareem Hunt's going to eat. I'm all in on Chubb. I've been buying him everywhere. He's my most owned running back. I have him in six of the ten leagues. Because you could get him, like, in pick nine, 10. I'm yeah. involved. I'm involved. <laughs> well, look,
3: you know, you mentioned Stefanski too, right? Stefanski. And, and and where is he coming from? Minnesota. <laughs> what and did what do? did Minnesota do last year? They ran the jump in Jesus out of Calvin uh, out of yeah. Dalvin Cook and Madison yeah. had a role behind him as well. Not as big as what we expect Kareem Hunt to have, but they ran the ball and ran the ball and oh. ran the ball some more and. Uh, you know, and Chubb
2: is good at football. People and, and forget that Chubb like, is good at football.
3: And, and the Brown, the Browns, uh, took you know n- not only uh did they sign Jack Conklin, but didn't they take Wills in the first round yeah. too? Right? So the offensive
2: line is going to be so much better.
3: It's going to be so much better. It's so, better. so and, and a lot of people are predicting Odell Beckham to have a big year and Baker Mayfield to have a big year and Jarvis Landry. But I, I want to stick to that run game, both sides. You, you know, gotta, I was a little lower on Hunt just coming in. I don't like to, I don't like to be high on two running backs from one situation. Uh, but this is a scenario where I've started to move up on Hunt as well. But it hasn't lowered me on Chubb at all because they're yeah, just going to run the crap out of the
2: ball. They're going you to know? run the crap out of
3: the ball. So okay, so Chubb is one. Yep. Eckler and um uh Eckler and Jesus, who else did I just say? Miles Sanders, yes. Miles
2: Sanders all day long, brother. He's explosive. He's dynamic. You and I have talked about this in the past. He's not Saquon Barkley, but darn is he close. I don't know what Penn State is doing out there. And you know what kind of happened? I feel like the coaching staff, Peterson and the Eagles, kind of fell in love with Sanders because their wide receiver core fell apart. And they had to put Sanders on the field. And they're like, oh. He's pretty good at football, too, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I don't think that was the plan. But when everything fell apart, they're like, maybe we should run Sanders out deep on pass patterns. Maybe we should get – and what they figured out was Sanders is pretty good at football. I <laughs> think he's going to do very well. Now, I am a little worried about the uh, Brandon, the guard who just got hurt. Brooks, uh, Brooks that hurts a little bit. But yeah. they're dynamic enough, and if you're going to lose a piece on the offensive line, if you told me pick one, I'm always going to take the guard. I need the tackles. The center is your IQ, your thinker. I can I can work around the guard. Look, he's a great player, but I'm I'd rather lose a guard than the left tackle or a center.
3: Okay, so now that uh, we got the order, and Austin Eckler is third. Uh, Are you you a person that is down on Eckler because of the running quarterbacks that they have because they're going to be moving around a little bit and and Rivers is gone? I just feel like the the whole of the Chargers offense was not good last year and Rivers wasn't a good fit for an offensive line that was so bad. And maybe that got Austin Eckler a couple more catches, but... I'm very, very Eckler's number one on my list out of these three guys. So, yeah, uh, I fair. just in a PPR league. The dude caught a uh, hundred balls last year. So, uh, I, I am, uh, really excited about Eckler again. I really don't care who the QB is. So he had 92 balls, not a hundred, of course, but, uh, 993, um, receiving yards to only, you know, 557 rushing yards. And he was a top five back while Melvin Gordon was, uh, you know, holding out. So, I'm still big on Austin Eckler. What is your your thoughts on him?
2: What are your thoughts on him coming up for the 2020 season, John? So I have him number 13 on my ranking. So it's not that I hate him by any stretch. But you at, Sanders was 10, and I'm going to be honest, right off my rankings. Basically, it's Tyrod Taylor. I don't think he's going to pepper Eckler with the number of targets that an ancient Philip Rivers with a PP gun arm did. Tyrod Taylor's going to take his shots down the field. Tyler, Tyrod Taylor's going to throw those big arcing passes to Michael Williams and Keenan Allen deeper down the field than Phillip Rivers is. I really believe that. The offense is tweaked. It's going to be different. And when Phillip would dump off, Tyrod, Tyrod's going to run. When it's third and eight, Phillip is doink, doink, doink. Tyrod's going to run. He's going to gain the first down or attempt. So I think Eckler takes a little bit of a dip. He can't pepper him with as many targets as Philip Rivers did.
3: So I think I, I think Taylor is just super protective with the ball. And I think he's uh, – we read this uh, this off in the QB Facts episode that uh, among – I think it's among uh, quarterbacks with 1,000 pass attempts that uh, Tyrod Taylor is number two all time in the lowest interception percentage. So yeah, it's
2: I, crazy, right?
3: Yeah, I don't think he's going to uncork it downfield as as much as you think. I think he's going to take some dump offs on design rollouts a little bit more. So I think Eckler, yeah, I, think, I think we should expect a lot of what Eckler did last year, this year. Also, I'm not a big Joshua Kelly fan. I don't know if, if you are or not. But I'm not a big fan of him. I actually like Justin Jackson better. But to me, they're both Jags. You know, they're both just guys that are going to run into the teeth of the defense. And Eckler is going to be your outside the tackle and third down guy uh, more often than those dudes. So uh, what are your thoughts on Kelly and Jackson uh, kind of playing off of uh, Eckler in, in this offense?
2: One of them's going to get significant touches. I think they'll give the first touches to Justin Jackson. I think Me they're too. going to, you know, they, they always lean towards the veteran, especially now that we don't have training camp and OTAs and right. or a shortened trade, possibly a shortened Yeah, train, yeah. Right. So I think Jackson will get the best. Now, I do like Joshua Kelly, but you're asking Joshua Kelly to come in right away and handle the blitz pickup. With no OTAs. You
3: couldn't even do that at UCLA. So, yeah.
2: So I think you're out <laughs> a lot. I think it will be Jackson. So I, with the pecking orders, Eckler, Jackson, Kelly in my book. But I do like Kelly in the long run.
3: All right. So we only got about two minutes left. So we're not going yeah. to get to wideouts today. Uh, you know, look, John, uh, John is uh, I'm, I'm going to ask him to be on pretty quick here soon. Casey Bubba and his wife are about to have a baby soon. So he's going to have to take some time off. So I'm going to be asking my, my guy John here to fill in. So we will get to wide receivers at some point before the season starts, of course. But uh, I want to know about rookie running backs. Like I said, only about two minutes left. But Clyde Edwards, helaire Jonathan Taylor, both are ridiculously high on some boards. John, what, what are just your thoughts for a redraft league, for drafting these guys this year?
2: I have not acquired um, Clyde edwards alaire yet. He's too expensive. I love Jonathan Taylor in the third round. Absolutely scooping him up in every draft I can. If he's sitting there in round three, I love him as my third running back in the flex position. That offensive line is unbelievable. And I love Jonathan Taylor as a talent. So I think he's in a great spot.
3: Yeah, I mean, I really like Taylor, too. Uh, and look, I, I love the future upside with Clyde Edwards-Alaire in Kansas City. Yeah, me too. But, but Damian Williams is going to get run there. Uh, like we said, this is a weird year as far as, um, you know, practice goes. And we're, we're going to see if any more preseason games are canceled. I mean, they already scrapped the Hall of Fame game, but I don't even think they should be playing that game anyway. You know, um, no, I agree. But they already scrapped that be- because of COVID and moved the announcements back and stuff like that. So it's just going to be harder overall for rookies to get on the field. But I'm with you. I, I like JT over uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, for this season. And um, I don't know that I'm third-round bullish like-, like you are. But I- if I had to pick between both those guys, I would definitely be taking jonathan taylor for this season but that is it that is going to wrap it up uh, for us today in this league on the sports grid remember you can follow all of us i am at bogman sports casey bubba at bdn john lob at gridiron skull 91 and for the absentee welsh at is it the welsh uh, on the twitter machine so follow all of us you can see all of our work and uh we really appreciate it so we are taking off see you guys next weekend and enjoy it wash your hands be safe
4: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast.